we can hear him. We can hear him, but that we have the recordings. That's the thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. People might be actually. I'll go ahead and do it then. Good point. <laughs> okay, so um, Gurmaj, if you can just start um, giving update or speaking something about Shil Prabhupada, however you want to structure it today. Yes, yes. Actually, I didn't realize today was Shiva Prabhupada's uh, disappearance until uh, I know yesterday, the day before. I'm I'm very bad on calendars, even though Bamsi Das sends me every week a list of the days uh, and so forth. And Padmanabhmar sends me a list of days for possibly speaking on holy days every month in advance. Um, Incidentally, uh, as an aside of that, I haven't chosen to speak on too many days because I want to finish the work we're doing on my book first. After that, I hope to be able to speak on more of the different uh, disappearance and appearance days and so forth as they appear on the calendar. So that's something hopefully to look forward to. But um, I should say a few words about Prabhupada. Uh, and I think uh, after that, we'll, we'll ask for questions. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, of course, the Kirubhav, or the disappearance of Prabhupada from mortal vision, is uh, considered to be an auspicious event, but it's uh, at the same time kind of a bittersweet uh, one, if you will. And um, to reflect back on the actual occasion, the events surrounding that, that's where my mind uh, goes at the thought of his disappearance this morning. And um, I was with Prabhupada prior to that date, about a month or so, Prior to that, I had been there with him in Vrindavan. And uh, one morning, it was either late September or early October, uh, I was massaging his feet. And he said, you're a very intelligent boy. You should go back to America and preach. I had kind of camped out there, as a number of us had, in his company in Vrindavan to uh, you know, be with him. Um, in times that it appeared might be close to his disappearance, although it's not something that many of us really entertained or uh, embraced or certainly didn't uh, didn't digest uh, that uh, that possibility. Um, there were other occasions that Robert had fallen ill and so forth and. Um, he uh, healed from them and, uh, you know, returned to his vibrant uh, campaign. So, you know, uh, his life itself was very miraculous. So we were, without, you know, thinking about it, we were kind of just implicitly kind of programmed, at least I was, to think, of course, he's going to you know, rebound from this. And um, I was 28 years old, so it was about 
close to half a century ago. That's a long time ago to think of myself as a as a 28-year-old young man. But he said to me, yeah, you're a very intelligent boy. You should go back to America and preach. So I took that uh, to mean that don't worry about me here. Go and preach. He had told me previously um, in, in Mayapur, um, during the Mayapur festival, which was about six months earlier, at which time he had started to uh, uh, enter into what turned out to be the passing phase of his life, and uh, he was not disposed uh, physically to, to come to and give classes in Mayapur as he would uh, annually, and uh, others were giving classes under his direction and so forth. So the system at the time was that uh, we would spend a month in Vrindavan or in Anipo with Prabhupada for two weeks, I think it was, and then go to Vrindavan for two weeks. So the festival, annual festival, um, shifted between the two doms. And so as the day uh, days approached for us to depart and go to Vrindavan, there was some question whether Prabhupada would accompany us to Vrindavan. He was too ill to give a class uh, in his own estimation, uh, which will as I think about it now, it would have been considerable because he was uh, quite uh, driven, you know, to speak about Krishna and to, and to address his international, uh, you know, audience of students on that occasion of the Mayapur festival would have been, you know, further impetus for something that he was very much uh, inclined to do anyway. Um, but uh, I went to him and uh, spoke to him privately on his veranda and, and told him that I was not planning on going to the Maya, to the Vrindavan part of the festival. And he said, why not? It, you know, it was like obvious to me, but uh, in innocence, he said, and I said, well, because you are the festival and you're not going to go there. He seemed to like that. Um, and then he spoke to me about how he always felt the presence of his Guru, his Guru Maharaj. Um, spoke a little bit about uh, power of Bhagavad Gita and Krishna's presence in his words, even in his apparent absence. And then he um, addressed the name that he had given me, Triparari, and explained further its um, its meaning as it appears in the eighth, I think, eighth canto of the Bhagavatam, seventh or eighth canto of the Bhagavatam. Uh, a name for Lord Shiva who was empowered by Krishna to deal with demonic influences in the world and, of course, was successful as a result of that empowerment. So he told me that it was my uh, service to follow that kind of example and through through preaching to expose um, the uh, you know, demonic conceptions and so on and so forth. And so... Uh, he said, you should go, and you know, where I will be there with you wherever you are preaching. So um, I, here he was in, in, in Vrindavan just about a month or five or six weeks before his passing, uh, telling me the same thing without me asking him anything. But uh, there I was, you know, staying with him on the basis of the same uh, thinking, 
that uh, caused me to tell him in my post six months earlier that I wasn't going to the festival, at which time again he said, no, you should go to the festival um, and represent me um, and preach to the devotees and so on and so forth. So without my asking, but thinking a little bit about it while massaging his feet, he, he said to me, you're an intelligent boy, so you should go back and preach. So I went back and I, I also, you know, I thought from that, well, this is, the, this is maybe further indication that he is, you know, going to rebound and so forth. And um, I was there to see how the, you know, the, the end of his leader, if you will, and it seemed like it wasn't going to end um, from his words. So I departed at his suggestion, if not order and went back to the United States to continue my service there. Um, at that time, however, uh, there was already, he was already expressing a desire to go to Govardhan, Govardhan Parikrama, which would have been very difficult for him physically, but he had such a strong desire to do that that he was repeatedly was expressing that. And this, of course, uh, was in also in the midst of his uh, final commentary uh, on Srimad Bhagavatam, which ended with the end of the 13th chapter of the 10th canto, which is the chapter that uh, uh, kind of prelude to the Brahmaki Mohan Leela. It's considered it's included within the chapters that uh, constitute the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Um, and uh, to me, that was very uh, telling. Uh, being in Vrindavan, he was longing to go to Govardhan uh, and to Govardhan Parikram with Govardhan Puja uh, approaching. You know, the way they set up the calendar is that uh, um, <clears throat> these days is that the event, an event like Govardhan Puja is calculated uh, differently um, than the day of Prabhupada's disappearance. Um, so the, the calculation that uh, gives us the date for Govardhan Puja and other similar holidays or holy days commemorating Krishna's Leela or uh, Whatnot, uh, Gorlila, uh, they change annually from, from year to year on our uh, present day calendar, but they they chose not to do that with Prabhupada's disappearance. So it's a fixed day, which is, I guess, today. Uh, uh, I hope I'm right about that, but I, but I think so. And um, so, anyway, at the time, um, even before I left, my point is that Govardhan Puja was um, approaching, and uh, he was very bent on on going. There was a debate amongst his uh, senior disciples as to whether to let him go or whatever the spiritual master wants to do. You know, we should go with that, or we should weigh in more humanly um, and um, discourage him from going based on the doctor's recommendations and so forth, who had said 
the Ayurvedic doctor who had said that it would be detrimental, uh, very detrimental to his health. So ultimately, he um, acquiesced to the more human leader kind of uh, perspective than the more Aishwarya, um, majestic uh, perspective on, uh, on, on the guru. He acquiesced to the more human perspective and, and didn't go, uh, but he longed to, and he was still uh, dictating um, somehow or other uh, his uh, commentary on the Bhagavatam, which again was in the 13th chapter, which ended, I think, with the last verse of the 13th chapter. At that point, uh, if you will, um, his Brihat uh, Murdunga, the campaign, Brihat Murdunga, of course, is a term coined by Bhakti Siddhanta Sastrataka, referred to the uh, book publication and circulation, wide distribution of the dispensation of Mahaprabhu that extended, that had the capability capacity to extend beyond the uh, distance that Kirtan, in, in its uh, traditional sense, chanting in the public uh, could extend. Uh, the idea being that through publishing and whatnot, that, that sound, the implications of Kirtan could go all, all over the world. So that was his... Uh, what I refer to here is his Brihat Murdunga, you know, campaign, which was uh, considerable. Um, here he was in Vrindavan, where his initial outreach to us and, and the whole world really began. It was there that he was living, there that he retired, there that he was inspired uh, to accept a renounced order and um, made efforts to acquire the necessary documents to go to the Western world and so forth, where he had been, where it had been suggested by his guru, Bhakti Siddhanta, that he, that he uh, go or, or to, to Westerners that he, he share Mahaprabhu's dispensation in the English language. Prabhupada uh, Bhakti Siddhanta suggested that to him in a letter he took it. Prabhupada Bhakti Vedanta Swami took it as his, his, his order. So there he was back in Vrindavan, if you will, where his campaign began, and he's in the midst of his commentary on the Brahmavimohan Lila. He kind of lived really in his commentaries and came out of them uh, to manage the movement and tried not to come out of them by way of establishing a governing body that would do the management for him inept as, it, as that body was at times, uh, he had to come out from that um, inner absorption and deal with uh, worldly and everyday, you know, uh, dealings that um, arise inevitably in a, in a, um, a mission uh, like, like the one he had, consisting of many persons, many men and women, and, and um, uh, opening temples and so forth and so on. So uh, there, um, 
and he wasn't doing any management, if you will, and uh, he was uh, again in the final portion of his commentary, so internally absorbed in that, and from that internal absorption, expressing a desire to go to Govardhan and participate, and and Leela was coming and so forth. Uh, so th- this is uh, where he was, so to speak, at the time uh, that his Brihadaranga was silenced, and of course it wasn't silenced by any external uh, influence. Nothing could get in the way of his uh, his voice. Uh, his res- uh, he had a response to everything, every argument. Uh, a lot of it was was uh, like spiritual common sense, uh, witticisms of a few few words or a sentence or two um, that turned our heads and uh, convinced us that, that the direction in which he was taking us was the uh, was the one to go. Um, so there was nothing from outside uh, that could silence him, nothing that but would have uh, that went wrong within his mission, which at times things like that happened. Um, there were problems in the mission. No, that slowed him down, stopped him. In fact, when he formed the mission of ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and signed the paperwork in uh, New York for the forming of the corporation, he said at the time, so now we're forming this corporation, but if it should get in the way, should get in the way of the spreading of Mapu's um, dispensation, then we will um, reject it and you know start another one or start a new. Very prophetic statement. I think it was in that he was must have been drawing on uh, things that were expressed to him by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur himself about the pitfalls of institutions, their virtues and their uh, possible problems that, that that could arise. Um, um, within an institutionalization of the teachings formed to make it more accessible, the teaching, but uh, more prone in that form, uh, the teachings institutionalized uh, to uh, some form of corruption or distortion. So he must have, uh, Bhaktisattva expressed that to him at Radhakund. Uh, he had made with great effort, uh, with great effort, he had established the Bhag Bazar Moth, which was uh, perhaps the first temple uh, that he formed outside of the Dom, outside of Mayapur, where all the white Siddhas, uh, Babas were staying, and to go to Calcutta was unheard of. But he went there and established a temple and so forth, and it was a pretty lavish uh, um, uh, arrangement, marble temple, and so forth. A lot of money was raised for it, and, and so on. But he expressed to Prabhupada Radhakund that uh, in his mid 60s, Pakistan Sarsti Thakur, that uh, you know we've gone to great trouble to establish this building, and uh, people are fighting over which room you know they should have based on their sense of. Uh, where they are in the pecking order. And, and so he was displeased with that, obviously, and he told Prabhupada, if you ever get money, print books, you know, we can sell them, sell the marbles, he said, <laughs> the marble. 
sell the marbles, uh, you know, and, and print books. So it was something that Prophet imbibed, and although he established many temples and so forth, he seemed to um, reflect upon that instruction at the time of forming the institution of ISKCON, which was a great institution and, uh, and uh, was a great effort on his part. And, and had you know had problems even in, in his presence, but they didn't get in the way, in my point, of his <coughs> outreach. No matter what happened during the day, during our waking hours, he was up at night uh, uh, recording his through his dictaphone his Bhagavatam commentary. I remember once um, I was staying in Vrindavan for Krishna Balaram Mandir, and I happened to get uh, a bed in a room. In which there was a window that viewed Prabhupada's veranda. Prabhupada's room uh, had a upstairs veranda where sometimes he would go and sit. And in the night, during the hotter days in Vrindavan, he would sit up there and translate. After we would take rest, uh, say 10 o'clock or so, um, you know, he would stay up uh, for several hours. So Staying in that room, and I awoke in the night at the uh, to answer the call of nature. And upon re- returning to my bed, I looked uh, through the window, and I, there I could see Prabhupada on his veranda uh, translating a Bhagavatam. I mean, I I knew that he was doing that, but to see him there doing that, and everywhere the lights out and everyone asleep and so forth, was very inspiring uh, to me. Um, and so it's, it's just uh, illustrating, underscoring uh, this point. Whatever happened during the day, and a lot of things happened, there were, there were problems, and there were, there were things to celebrate as, as, as well. Um, whether they were ups or downs in, in, in the course of the day, he remained uh, consistent and steady and unrelenting or, uh, you know, unstoppable, if you will, in his um, um, literary work, in, in playing his uh, big Murdunga, the big Brihat Murdunga. Um, it takes a, a lot of composure and a lot of uh, deep uh, standing in, um, in Bhakti. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there he would be at night uh, while we were asleep, uh, continuing his translation of the Bhagavatam. So there was no point here. Is no there was no external force that uh, silenced his Brihat um, Murdanga. But there he was, if you can imagine, in Vrindavan, contemplating the Govardhan Leela, and and the Brahma Vimohan Leela being where he was absorbed in his writing, and the Govardhan Leela approaching um, um, the, time, the time to commemorate that. This is you know, during the Kartik month in Vrindavan, a very celebra- celebratory um, month. And uh, that's where he was really dwelling. And in the midst of that, his drum, if you will, was silenced again, not by any external influence, but by really by the blessing of Krishna, who was inviting him to lunch. There, he 
he had a painting uh, placed in his room. Um, I, uh, I believe it was somewhere else and he asked for it to be placed there. And that was a, a famous pit painting. I don't know which of his disciples did that, but uh, of Krishna uh, taking lunch with his coward friends. The picture in particular depicts the Brahma Vimohan Leela, which has preceded um, the, the actual appearance of, of Brahma uh, by Krishna's lunching with his friends. And the uncommon appearance if you will, of Krishna, who was Brahma's guru, who previously saw the dawn of creation with the Gyan Mudra looking very Upanishadic, although dressed as a gopa nonetheless. Here he was with, uh, with uh, rice and fruit mixed together in his left hand with his friends in a very intimate setting. And um, Uh, it was a setting, so Prabhupada wanted that picture there, and it was a setting that Prabhupada at other times ex- expressed identification with and a longing to, to enter into. So we can say definitively uh, by a careful study of his own statements about his inner life and, um, and other things that he did, such as having that painting placed there and so forth, that his Dunga was silenced not by any external force, but by the blessing of Krishna, inviting him to lunch once and for all, if you will. So, uh, you know, in, in this bhava that uh, um, he was absorbed in was um, obviously uh, that longing was a longing that was very well deserved and arose out of, as Baba really does, actual Baba, out of Shraddha and, and wholesale uh, Sharanagati. His surrender was not uh, partial, but wholesale. And um, that uh, Shraddha and Sharanagati has the focus, if you will, of, of, of Sadhana Bhakti, which gives birth to Baba Bhakti, which is focus of which are which is or which is characterized by by this kind of longing. So longing there may be some longing in Sadhana Bhakti, but the longing is is what Bhava Bhakti is characterized by. Whereas uh, at which time Shraddha and Sharanagati are, you know, in very much in place. The the theatrical uh, stage of Sharanagati in which the drama of Lila Lila Krishna Lila is enacted is already erected at that time. So prior to Baba, we were a little bit busy uh, with building the stage of Shraddha and Sharanagati, strengthening the Shraddha, building the stage of Sharanagati. Sharanagati being the external expression of Shraddha or internal faith. Um, uh, so that Shraddha Sharanagati, this is the focus of Sadhana Bhakti and the excessive longing that is not uh, in which one is unconcerned, if you will, with developing the stage of Sharanagati through one's, which show or demonstrate the measure of one's faith. Uh, that's uh, not uh, 
we call real bhava. So his bhava is real, if you will. This is the one of the objective ways by which we can understand that. We look at the measure of his shraddha and sharanagati, and it is extreme. The measure of his surrender, as he expresses in his poem on the Jaladutta, for example. There, incidentally, in that poem, famous poem, the first half of the poem is all about sharanagati. The second half of the poem is all about uh, the lolium, longing in bhava, and their longing for sakiras. He prays. So here his prayers are answered. Krishna has invited him to lunch in his Madanga silence. He's spoken so sweetly and so such conviction and so widely about the secrets of the Vrindavan uh, Leela uh, that uh, it's a little bit embarrassing to Krishna. You know that about me? So Krishna's put his hand over his mouth now, hmm? silenced him, and brought him within his, 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 his midst, inviting him to that luncheon that he at times uh, voiced a longing to enter into and to eat ladus and kachoris uh, with, with Krishna. Hmm? Um, so we should pray on a day like this that we might have a measure, a measure of, the measure of our shraddha and sharanagati will grow to the extent that it will actually uh, give birth to uh, bhava and the open arms of Krishna and his entourage, the Surup Shakti inviting us into the Leela in a manner that corresponds with our uh, bhajan here in the case of Sakya Rasa. Then we want to join in that, uh, in that luncheon. Mm-hmm. Not that the uh, gopis don't want to, they also want to join that lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but they can't by the nature of the Leela, uh, which is uh, 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 that inability, of course, augments their parakia and makes it as special um, as it is. Uh, so uh, a very uh, special occasion for disappearance. I wasn't there personally because, again, he had sent me back, if you will, to... Uh, to continue my service in the, in, in the United States. Um, but um, uh, there he passed, uh, must have been just after, you know, some days uh, that year, or maybe a week or two, even after Govardhan Puja. And, um, and uh, word was sent out, you know, around the world. I was in St. Louis at the time. We had a little shoebox or a house there was a temple that was next in line on the block to be demolished by the city um, who was going to give us money for it at their price. We could purchase another building. So it was a shabby old place. But what I'm reminded of at the time, and it's just thinking about it at the moment, um, 
that uh, I announced it, it was told to me I was the leader. We had about 60 brahmacharis there. I was uh, I had analysis of the devotees, and we had a you know a commemoration ceremony. There was a feast and all. Um, and after the feast, a godbrother of mine named Suradas, some of you may know him, um, he sat before the Vyasasana uh, Prabhupada and played the harmonium and sang. And he had a very hoarse uh, kind of a, a deep but very sweet uh, voice. And um, he sang in glorification of Prabhupada in a way that was very, um, very moving. He was very moved by that. I remember him always for that. It was very, very touching. Um, it, 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 um, it was again, 60 or, 60 or so of us. I hope you're there. I've been talking for a long time. Um, hope you can hear me. Uh, yeah, you're good. It was a very, it was a, it was a very, um, uh, you know, Prabhupada's disappearing from the world. Not everybody kind of understood it. Not everybody felt it this, exactly the same way. Um, and Sura uh, was sitting after the feast, which, you know, was, it was turned into a little bit of a lighthearted scene, as I recall it, which didn't seem entirely appropriate to me to sort of go up where it was upstairs or where it was in the, in the next room and see him playing that. It, to me, it 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 spoke to my own feelings on the on the on the occasion of this disappearance, which then in Vrindavan was um, uh, commemorated, I don't want to say celebrated or whatever, or uh, dealt with appropriately, probably even on Ryan Maharaj, uh, had been uh, requested previously to come and oversee that procedures of the Samadhi, something that we were didn't know anything about. He was the officiating priest for Prabhupada Sanyas, which he received uh, from uh, Bhakti Pragyan Keshav Maharaj, the guru of Bhakti Vedanta Narayan Maharaj. Um, and, uh, and Prabhupada was taken, his form was taken through the streets of Vrindavan. And everything in Vrindavan stopped on that day. Every shopkeeper, every man, woman, and child, they came to the street to, to see him uh, you know, the final uh, darshan of Prabhupada, who had brought Vrindavan to the world and brought the world to Vrindavan. That's it was just an amazing feat, amazing accomplishment. Um, he brought uh, Vrindavan to the world, uh, who had heard of it, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that's similar to how uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had commissioned group and Sanatan to reestablish or resurrect uh, the places of Krishna's pastimes. They did that through their vision, through their bhava, and uh, they secured the patronage of the royalty at the time, who would then uh, give from their treasuries the money to 
commission architects and builders to make a god, to make a temple, to commemorate the vision of the Goswamis. Krishna did this here, Krishna did this there, and so forth. So they put it really on the map when Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev went to Vrindavan as he longed to do repeatedly um, from the time of taking sannyas. Um, when he did manage to uh, uh, make the journey uh, there, he found Radhakund and Shamkund, and, and they weren't understood as such by the people. Um, so then to have the Goswamis do the work of further excavating the places of Krishna's pastimes, gaining as they did the patronage of the kings, and so the places like Radhakund and Shamkund were built up, and uh, and, and so on and so forth. So they they revealed to the world uh, Vrindavan. They gave Vrindavan to the world, and it was the center, uh, really, of uh, of Gaudi Vaishnavism. Um, so, in a way that's analogous, different, but analogous, nonetheless, Prabhupada gave Vrindavan to a larger um, world, celebrating it building its Krishna Balaram temple, uh, which was from, from where he passed, where he put the Krishna Balaram, his Ishtadevita on the central you know, altar um, with the flags above all three altars. That was the tallest flag, uh, Krishna Balaram's flag. Um, at the time, it was a forest, uh, and Prabhupada got a donation of the land. It was a, it was a dangerous place comparatively to the, to, you know, to the city or the town of Vrindavan itself. Um, but uh, it drew many, many pilgrims, ultimately many devotees from all over the world, international devotees. They, they came to the world. The building of the temple uh, symbolized the acceptance of Vrindavan of the international community of the students. Many, many dignified people uh, came and spoke some Brahmin boys born in Brudge were initiated by him. That was a big thing. Um, and so forth. So he brought the world to Vrindavan in that sense. And, he, and, and we, bought, we had a lot of money, you know, the United States, Europe, uh, these countries, Canada. And so they were uh, wealthy compared to uh, India. So they would come from uh, Kishore Kishori's temple, from Radha Govinda's temple in Chicago, in New York, from, from uh, Temples from uh, all over North America, London, Radha London, Ishwar, uh, and, and so forth. And they, the temple presidents would come with bags of money <laughs> to spend on their deity, outfits and silver crowns and so forth. So they were bringing a lot of economy, I want to say, to uh, the Vrindavan merchants. Loy Bazaar was, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a Place for for cloth for wool, very bizarre. But there were a couple of merchants who had Mukutwalas who sold deity crowns and made outfits and so forth, and they became prominent in in, in Loy Bazaar because that was the closest bazaar to the Krishna Balaram uh, Mandir. So they all they and you know it's the rest of Vrindavan also. Um, the world came there in the form of its its uh, its material wealth and so forth and well-being, the materially speaking, of the inhabitants of Vrindavan was um, 
thought seen to and increased uh, facilitated by Prabhupada while at the same time facilitating our spiritual life and the spiritual life of the inhabitants of Vrindavan who, who could um, pay attention and, and um, look deeper as to what he was offering. But it was, it's interesting to note that both materially and spiritually, um, he um, uh, was benefiting at, at, the, at, at, at the same time. So when he was taken through the streets on the palanquin, his transcendental form for the final darshan accompanied by Sankirtan, I mean, every stop, every shop stopped, the clock stopped in the job and everyone lined the streets. I wasn't there, but the, the stories are there, some pictures are there. And you can imagine from what I'm saying, what what Prabhupada meant to them. I mean, uh, they named shortly, you know, before that, I think at the time of, would have been 1975, the time of uh, uh, opening of the Krishna Balaram Temple, Balaram Temple, the road from Delhi, turn off from the, uh, and the road to Delhi that goes into Vrindavan was renamed Bhaktivedanta Swami Marg, the path to Vrindavan. I remember there was a fellow who uh, was actually from the Advaitin Sampradaya, but converted to Rodi Vaishnavism, uh, but he was not very much in line with the Goswami's teachings and uh, not deeply informed on on, on that. Um, and he knew Chaitanya Goswami from the Radharaman Goswami family from previous times. And so he, having been converted to Gaudi Vaishnavism, he came to Vrindavan and he looked up Chaitanya Goswami and he asked Chaitanya Goswami to come to America where he had been preaching and preach, you know, Gaudiya Siddhanta, which he was not that informed about. Um, it's kind of odd that he was converted, but, but it's a long story. Anyway, uh, Chaitanya Goswami uh, told me the story. But I knew the fellow. I didn't know him personally, but I knew of his preaching and so forth. And... Um, told me that he had been invited and he went and so forth. And he said, the man has no understanding of Gaudi Vaishnavism. He's, he's living on his good karma and, it's, and, he, and he's expiring it because he had lots and lots and lots of, lots of money. And so he told me that, that he criticized uh, in, on one occasion Prabhupada and Chaitanya Goswami told me that I was quick to, to, to silence him. I told him, you don't go, you cannot enter Vrindavan. In, in, without with, with thinking like that about Swami, Swamiji, Prabhupada, that is not possible. Mm -hmm. He's the road to Vrindavan. He was making the point in a in a deeper sense. I very much appreciated it. So um, this was a, this was a condition at the time of his departure, and uh, Vrindavan was a lot simpler then, much 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 less. Uh, uh, developed um, materially and uh, less populated and more quaint and um, family-like, if you will, shop holders, uh, shop owners inviting uh, people, presidents and sannyasis to their houses for lunch, 
hoping to get their patronage and so forth, but also inspired inspired by them and by the Prabhupada G Swamiji. Um, so it's a uh, it's a very memorable occasion. It it it, it, it is passing. It it reminds me of how the passing of Sanatana Goswamis in Vrindavan is spoken of, how um, everything stopped. Villagers from all over the branch, not just in the Vrindavan, came out, and every man, woman, and child shaved their head because Sanatana used to keep his head shaved. He's called Munda Munda Baba, shaved-headed Baba. They all shaved their heads by way of saying, as a way of saying, you know, that we, we have our allegiance to him, the elder of the six Goswamis, guru figure in the life of Rupa Goswami, uh, etc. Um, so, uh, and they also, Rupa's not that they used to deal with the practical, everyday problems of people to some extent. Would bring for bring to them an argument for between two for a resolution, and whatever the Goswami spoke kindly, bringing themselves down from their internal life to deal with that that, that was agreed upon. And so, dira dira janapriya priyakaro. So they are described by Shrinivas Goswami. Similarly, uh, Prabhupada, in a way, as I'm saying, he he was. Uh, much loved even on a on a base level for what he did for the people of Vrindavan and they could understand what he was doing in a larger sense for the Vrindavan that they were connected to by their birth which is their heritage the ideal of Srimad Bhagavatam and so forth and seeing it alive in the eyes uh, that reflected the hearts of his excited uh, disciples uh, was very um, endearing to them. They made real friendships. Uh, you know, I'm thinking back of some of the Mukutwalas and Tulsiwalas and so forth. They made real friendships with some of the Rudy. Now their sons and grandsons are sitting in, the, in those shops and, and, and so forth. And, and what this moment was in time of Prabhupada's passing, what it must have meant to them is maybe a little lost and therefore it's a need annually for this kind of commemoration of Prabhupada's disappearance that, uh, that, that some some persons who were personally uh, known to him and served him, saw him with, with their eyes, felt him, his friendship, their hearts, um, uh, uh, speak on such occasions and 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 uh, share with us this you know now he's he has grandchildren hmm. what such a wonderful thing um, uh, share with them something about the uh, significance of his 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 campaign um, it's talked about of course all the time but you know different persons and in different ways and so forth, but um, these are a few of my thoughts on this uh, occasion. Should I see Bhakti Vedanta Swami and Prabhupada Kijai? I didn't plan to give a whole lecture on this, but here I have. But 
I'll still take some questions if anyone has any questions. We'll extend you, the discussion. Would you like the questions to be, Gamaraj, oh, would you want the questions to be directly about the talk today? Well, if there are any about the talk today, first we'll take those. And if there are others beyond that, um, then we'll, we'll take them. So I actually have a question. Yeah, I have a question. Gumaraj, can you yes. hear me? Yes, I, I have a question yes. from the talk today. Um, when you were talking yes. about the two perspectives of taking Srila Prabhupada on Parakrama around Govardhan, and yes. you called one Aishvarya and one um, more human, um, which perspective? Madhuriya. Yeah. Yes, okay. So, which perspective did you um, endorse at that time? You know, at that time, um, I was not directly involved in the discussion. A discussion was going on amongst uh, Prabhupada's servant and, uh, you know, a couple of GBC members who were, you know, organizers, managers and whatnot, and, and the doctor. It wasn't like a vote or, a, you know, a popular, you know, what do you think? Let's take a vote. Wasn't that everybody was included in the discussion? Everybody knew the discussion was going on. I was not, um, I would say, I was not as privy to the uh, physical details, doctor's report, and so forth. So I suppose I was a little inclined towards, you know, um, let's. Uh, Let's go on the park run. You know, uh, I, I didn't at the time look at it as a majestic perspective the way I was looking at that. So that's kind of a third perspective that maybe I could say was mine. I thought, you know, that um, um, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I, I you know, I'm just kind of trying to remember it. Um, and it seemed to seem to pass rather quickly. So, but I, I kind of remember thinking I'd like to go on that park run with Prabhupada around uh, Vrindavan. Krishna will Krishna will protect them. You know, he's a, here he is. He's a coward. You know, this is what Krishna does. You know, so he, 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 the, the cowherds they they tend to take uh, uh, what would appear to be a risk. Like you take the Brahma Vinoan Leela preceded by the Agasur Leela, which was included in, in it, as I mentioned, that uh, uh, and um, and uh, uh, there they wanted to, you know, enter into Agasur's mouth. Some of them even knew that it was a serpent, and they thought, "Well, Krishna will protect us." So I kind of had that kind of a perspective. I think it was more uh, Madhuri-like in a, in a different way, um, rather than it's the order of the spiritual master, whatever he says we should do. That's what I'm talking about, kind of Madhuriya, you know, every, uh, and then the other one was, no, no, you know, we, we should, we should tend it to his health. And, and the third one being um, more of a 
breadth of perspective. That's how I, I thought about it. Does that help? Yes, that's right. Because I remember being very um, moved by both sides at the time. And I'd hear one side and I'd think, yeah, that, that sounds right. And then I'd hear the other side. And so it was, yeah, right. it was hard. It was hard to really know at that time. So I was curious to hear what your thoughts were. So <clears throat> anybody else? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, next question. Yeah, does anybody else have a question from the talk today? You do unmute yourself if you can. So we have a few questions from the people had submitted earlier. Do you want to take some of those, Gumaraj? Sure. Okay. I'm going to start with um, the Brighton devotees. Um, Amrita Gopaldasi has a question. Nice to share. Okay. Hello. Yes. Hello, Krishna. Gumaraj, this is Mohini Sassi. Um, we're here with uh, Madan Mohan and our friend Amrita Gopal Dasi. She would like to ask a question. Okay. So I'll hand it over to her. Hare Krishna Devotee, Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you so much for speaking so wonderfully about Sri Prabhupada's disappearance. It was to hear you talk about your experience and also this the auspiciousness of the day coupled with the bittersweetness. So thank you again. And also I want to say about your disciples, Mahi and Madan Mohan, they are just wonderful. And they're representing you so beautifully there in Brighton. So thank you very much for training them so wonderfully. My question relates to Sri Govardhan Das Ashtakam. And in that Ashtakam, Raghunath Das Goswami speaks about the rasa that Govardhan has for Sri Krishna, that, that sweetness in Shankaras. And I would like to know more about the characteristics and flavor of that rasa and i would also like to know how that rasa how it's rays if you like how its flavor influences those who take shelter of govardhan thank you saki rasa you want to know something about saki rasa is that the question specifically pardon me for interrupting specifically how govardhan manifests his saki rasa how that how that mellow um, influences his love for Krishna. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, yes, Raghunath Das has uh, made that connection later. Vishwanath Chakravartyakur has also commented in that regard. And um, we have a, uh, a famous verse from the Venu Gita of the Bhagavatam where the gopis are speaking about the power and influence of Krishna's uh, flute. And in those, um, in that chapter, the voice of Radha in the estimation of our uh, foundational commentaries, commentators, uh, is expressed with regard to the glorification of Govardhan. So Radharani sings the praise of of Govardhan in the, in, in the context of glorifying or speaking about the effects 
of Krishna's uh, flute, and she refers therein to Govardhan, as you may know, as Haridas Varya, with the best of the servants of, of Haridas. Um, and um, when we then take that and combine it together with the idea of Govardhan in Sakirasa, we look at how uh, Raghunathas Goswami and his work and Jiva Goswami and his writings in Gopal Champu, for example, have played out that uh, idea, Haridas Varya, all the ways, if you will, in which Govardhan serves. Um, we also uh, find it in uh, Rupa Goswami's Don Kaili Lila, where through the voice of uh, Brinda Devi, Govardhan is glorified. <clears throat> there in Govardhan is glorified. Govardhan, you know, is, is a hill that has many peaks. It's, it's very um, uh, horizontally wide with a number of peaks rather than just, uh, you know, two vertical edges going to a, uh, a, a zenith. So Brinda Devi uh, reflects um, on the virtues, the glories of Govardhan and, and compares him to, it says, he's better than Ananta Sesh. Mm-hmm. Um, many peaks of Govardhan here are compared to the many hoods of Ananta Sesh. Ananta Sesh holds Vishnu in his lap, right, as a support, mm-hmm. a bedstead, if you will. Mm-hmm. But Govardhan becomes the playground for Radha and Krishna's pastimes. He facilitates those leelas. Um, and so in speaking like that, she identifies Godang with, with a, a better, better than Ananta Seish, who is, of course, an expansion of Baladev, who is the best friend of Krishna mm-hmm. and who is not only the object of love along with Krishna for those in Sakyarasa, but also embodies Sakyarasa itself for Krishna. So he's Baladev is object of love for Sakyarasa and embodies the ideal of Sakyarasa also. So if we look then at Govardhan through that lens, kind of the Goswami lens, if you will, then um, uh, we also understand the compatibility between Sakya Rasa and Madhurya Rasa. Vatsalya Rasa and Madhurya Rasa are not compatible. Dasya Rasa and Vatsalya Rasa, they're uh, not uh, compatible. Sakya Rasa on the other hand is compatible with Madhurya Rasa. And in the form of the Narmasakas, the most intimate friends of Krishna, then uh, they are very much uh, essential hmm, to the intimacy and union of Radha and Krishna that's uh, so uh, uh, desired within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. If we look at Baladev, Balaram in Krishna really, he cannot directly participate in 
in the Madhurya Rasa. But when he comes as Nityananda Prabhu, he is the biggest advocate of that, although he himself is in Sakya Rasa, and persons attracted to him also developed that Sakya Rasa. He uh, broadcasted the uh, glorified Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, brought attention to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the gift of Madhurya Rasa that he came to share. So he's able to come out all around as Nityananda and actually speak about the virtues and the glories of Madhurya Rasa that he can't do in Krishna Leela itself directly. <clears throat> Point being here that that this further serves to illustrate the supporting role, if you will, that Sakya Rasa plays in, a, in the drama, uh, the Parakya drama, that is in another sense central to Vrindavan and, and, and Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So Sakyaras is an important um, uh, and supporting bhava within Gaudiya Vaishnavism that a number of devotees would be influenced by, like my Guru Maharaj, following the lead of Nityananda and his associates, who really started the, the Sampradaya before the Goswamis had written any books they were initiating and so forth, and, uh, and uplifting the downtrodden, particularly the work of Nityananda Prabhu. This is the, 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 the one of the ways in which we say Nityananda is the best. We can look at ways to say Grada was the best associate or Advaita. There are different ways to talk about them all, and, but as far as Nityananda Prabhu, the wide scale distribution to the downtrodden and disenfranchised, socially disenfranchised people like the like the mercantile community of Saptagram and West Bengal and so forth that he uh, delivered, whom he was commissioned further and encouraged by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to remain amongst and uh, deliver. And so uh, it's a very much a supporting role. So uh, Govardhan hmm, is very much supporting the uh, intimate leelas of Radha and Krishna. And uh, if you look at Govardhan and Sakiras and you want to extend that, to the full measure of Sakiras, which was which is Sakiras influenced by Madhurya, as we call uh, Narma Sakabhav or Priyanarma Sakabhav, then there's nothing that these, uh, according to Rupa Goswami, these these part these uh, Priyanarma Sakas, there's no lila too intimate for them to participate in. They know about all of them. They're all knowing. Um, they, uh, all the secrets, and Govardhan is all-knowing also. He towers up, so he sees over everything. There's nothing that he misses. So if we worship him, there's no leader that we'll miss out on if we want revelation. Uh, as intimate as it may be, it can be afforded by Govardhan. He can give everything. So once, and this reminds me of, I was once objecting uh, to some uh, statements of some uh, followers of Pujapad Sridharmarsh, my, my Siksha guru, who said that uh, Prabhupada is in Sakyarasa. Um, and Sridharmarsh had said, of course, and they were repeating that, and they said, if so, if you want Madhurya Rasa, well, that's a problem. You know, you're going to have to find a Madhurya Rasa guru. I didn't like that uh, very much, although my own affinity is for Sakyarasa. Um, and I don't disagree that, that certainly to have a 
the, the Madhurya Rasa Shiksha Guru would be useful, but the way it was being spoken about, I, I didn't appreciate it. I brought it up to, anyway, I brought it up to Pujapad, Bhakti Prabhupada Puri Goswami Marjan read Prophet's poem on the Jaladuka to him. And he liked it very much. He said, oh, yeah, Saki Rasa. And I made that statement. Some people are saying this, that if you are, have Prabhupada as a guru and you, and you want Saki Rasa, or Madhurya Rasa, then it's a problem. He said, Baba, if you think like that, that, that if you have a guru like Swami Prabhupada and, and you think you have a problem, then you have a problem. <laughs> so he said, and, and he will make, he, he will make all, any, all, all arrangements. And we see that he did that. Huh? He made arrangement to bring, for example, Shida Marsh into the, into the lives of his disciples, who was himself steeped in Madhurya Rasa and others um, also of that uh, influence came to give support to some of Prabhupada's disciples who were not finding support in, uh, in some of the uh, leadership of, uh, amongst Prabhupada's own, own disciples. So uh, we consider that to be Prabhupada's arrangement. But uh, I would look at Govardhan, I hope this helps Govardhan along these lines in the way in which Sakiras is supportive of Madhurya so, You know, there's no friends of Krishna that are more supportive than Subal, Ujval, uh, Gandharva, and so forth, these type of Narmasakas, who, who Subal is characterized as risking his entire life, you know, for the sake of the union of, of Radha and Krishna. So if we look at Govardhan along those lines, I think uh, that may be helpful. Does that, uh, that help? Very helpful, Maharaj. So many thanks. Many, many, many thanks to you. Okay. Thank you for your question. Okay. Do you want to take a... What's your your feelings about going on with more questions? Are there more? Um, We have one, two, three, four, about four more questions. Yeah, I can answer some more. Okay. Um, the next question is from Braja Hari. It's in the chat, so I'll have to read it. Um, this is from the Madhura Rastakam, verse 8, which says, His gopas are sweet, his cows are sweet, his staff is sweet, his act of creation is sweet. His defeat of demons is sweet, and his bestowal bestowal of fruits is sweet. Everything is sweet about the original Lord of sweetness. And the question is, is this sweet verse in the mood of Sakya? And how can we understand his act of creation in connection with Sakya Ras? Where's the what? Where's the verse from? Um, it is from. Um, it's Vallabhacharya in his Sri Madhurya Rastakam. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, an expert on Vallabhacharya, but I can tell you that Vallabhacharya himself was not in Sakirasa. Hmm? And if it's Madhuri Ras Astakam, then it's 
uh, it's fairly obvious that he's speaking uh, from a Madhurya Rasa perspective. Madhurya Rasa is uh, prominent in the Vallabha Sampradaya, as is Vatsalya Rasa. Madhurya um, Rasa is a little more uh, in the background and esoteric side of the Balava Sampradaya, whereas the face uh, that's prominent and uh, more widely circulated in the Balava Sampradaya is that of Vatsalya. Um, the type of Madhurya Rasa there we find is a little different than that which is idealized in the Gaudi Vaishnavism. Uh, so I wouldn't think that Balava Acharya is, is writing in a mood of Sakyarasa. Now that said, you, there are prayers that have been written, for example, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism by um, uh, Acharyas like, let's say, let's say Rupa Goswami in Madhurya Rasa, in which uh, Sakyarasa is glorified, um, and even individuals like Subal are glorified. Um, uh, by him. Now, his famous, famous verse of Rupa Goswami Ujjwal Nidamani is said to be spoken by him in the Bhav of, 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 of Rupa Manjari, in which he's trying, she is trying to inspire love for Subal in another um, budding, uh, developing newcomer uh, in Madhurya Rasa that, that, that she may know the position of Subal and how important that is, and to have connection with him in order uh, to participate in, in in Madhurya Rasa. The famous verse where he says, "There's, there's, you know, there's no seva that uh, Subal is, doesn't have eligibility for." Just see when a lover uh, of Krishna Radha is lying. Uh, on on Krishna and uh, if she should become upset with him and leave, he goes and brings her back and he's fanning fanning the, the, the couple in this intimacy and, and, and so forth. So uh, he marvels at, she marvels at the you know, the person of of, um, of Subal. That's a verse spoken in Madhurya Rasa but it obviously has its application in uh, for Sakyaras devotees who will say it in glorifications of Subal as well. There are other prayers by Rupa Goswami uh, petitioning Subal, for example, bring before the divine couple who, who you are very best friends of, uh, and by your grace, introduce me to them and, and so forth. So that, that, some, there are some point being that there are some prayers that are written in in the Bhava Madhurya Rasa, but still they, they can apply to Sakyarasa Bhakti. You know, there's written some prayers like that as well about uh, aspiration to live in Nabadweep, in Godrum, in Gopabhav. It can be interpreted like that. That's more the overt translation of the Bengali, but there's another way of looking at it where it's an aspiration to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu enter into Gopabhav from a Madhurya Rasa perspective. So, so all I'm making a, a large, speaking uh, a, a lot to say, a small thing here that despite despite the fact that that the the poem you cite, the verse that you cite, 
is written in a Madhuryasastakam by Vallabhacharya. And in that sense, you could say it doesn't have anything to do with Sakyas. It, it still could be used. Um, it, 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 could be, it could be voiced in Sakyarasa or in pursuit of Sakyarasa as well. As to the question about creation, Swedish is creation. Um, there's a couple of ways that that could be looked at. It's not a verse I'm familiar with, and I, and I haven't studied the whole Astakam, but just on its face, then of course creation immediately makes us think of the world uh, creation, which is said in the sutras to be lokavatu vilakayavalya, something that develops only out of lila, out of the play of God, not about an incest, out of, out of any necessity on his part, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and now we can, when we think of the material world, we think, well, what does that have to do with Krishna Leela? Hmm? Um, well, uh, it actually has a lot to do with Krishna Leela. So if we want to look at it as sweet, in connection with all of those things that are mentioned as sweet, that are so internal, well, how does this external, apparently external thing fit in? Well, uh, it's thought that Krishna Leela, being human-like from the Gaudi perspective, is uh, able to play itself out hmm, with greater sweetness in the material creation because it's a human-like pastime or leva. And when it's played out in human society, well, it's like a movie that's said to be uh, better or enhanced by the fact that it is filmed on location rather than making props and making it look like uh, human society. It actually is human society with all of its, its with its it centered on its strength and its simultaneous weakness. The, the strength of human humanity is its, is, is, is its love. And that's its weakness. <laughs> that's its greatest weakness at the same time. So Krishna enters the world of his, his creation to do to engage in his prakat lila, and there's a certain sweetness there that, that is added to it, uh, just like, for example, the birth of Krishna. Well, that takes place in the prakat lila, largely, right? Um, so, from Vrindavan, uh, perspective, in, in Ananda Vrindavan Champa, he says, the lila is there just so that Mother Soda could actually experience the birth of Krishna. From his perspective, the birth doesn't take place in the Aprakat Leela. Others have different perspectives on that, but that's a way of thinking about it. And overall, the human society is humans are central to the to the to the creation of the world. It's the it's the, you know the focus of people in hell and the people in heaven too <laughs> on earth. It's got a little bit of a little bit of both, right? Uh, so actually, within the creation, it's a very uh, earth-centric uh, uh, pers- perspective, and Krishna is thought to appear on earth to play out his pastimes, in, in, in which becomes sweeter. That's one way of thinking about that. Another way, of course, is the Vrindavan is also his creation, and it's very sweet. Therefore, the Bhagavatam says, uses those exact words. It says. What is the verse? Uh, uh, 
Tadvisargo, it's another creation. This Bhagavatam, which is about Brahman opening, is another creation altogether. So you can look at it like that as well. I hope that very long answer helps. Forgive me for being too wordy. Another question? Krishna Das, you want to unmute yourself and ask your question? Uh, Dandava Pranams, uh, good morning, Guru Maharaj. Um, so my question is, let's see. So recently I was having a conversation with a friend who was curious to learn more about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And we were talking in particular about how Gaudiya Vaishnav theology addresses the philosophical problem of evil or suffering. However, there was uh, one thing that came up that I had a little bit of difficulty answering to my friend's satisfaction uh, regarding how karma is simultaneously both a law that dispenses just results for one's actions in due time and teaches one to ultimately rectify their character and learn from their mistakes. So the question ultimately boiled down to why do the vast majority of living entities not remember their past lives and actions done therein? Uh, if the ultimate purpose of the karmic reactions they receive uh, beyond just dispensing justice is to have them learn from their past actions. So I brought up some points to them about how it's in a way merciful that one doesn't remember everything and how cumbersome and potentially traumatic it could be to be weighed down with memories of effectively infinite lifetimes worth of actions. But I was wondering what your thoughts are on this topic of Karma is both a force of justice and rectification, and how you would answer the question. Well, I think that you can't uh, expect to be in knowledge when you're absorbed in pursuing ignorance. Hmm? So ignorance is attachment to the ephemeral on the part of an eternal, right? And that in pursuit of enduring and happy life. So to be attached to things that don't endure and pursue happiness in an enduring sense in relation to them is ignorance. And that's what material life is. So when you're pursuing the ignorance, how can you expect to be in knowledge at the same time? <laughs> so you're not gonna be in knowledge. But in human life, you get the opportunity to hear from sadhus about what constitutes repercussions from previous actions, that is your karma. And you can see that there are consequences for actions that we take. So there's an explanation of that given by the, uh, by the scriptures from the Vedanta point of view, from sadhus and so forth. They give the knowledge, they tell us. Then once we have that knowledge, from them, then we can see also in this life how the things happen to us and we can learn from them. We can look at it, as you say, as a, as, as a learning, you know, um, experience. Oh, this is happening to me because of my karma and you know, I'm learning from it. But without that uh, knowledge from sadhus, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, or it's, it's unreasonable to expect that you would have a knowing when what you're experiencing is, is, the, is the direct result of being absorbed in unknowing, in ignorance. Hmm? So 
You can't get knowledge out of ignorance. Ignorance is what karma is. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's 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 it's, it's exactly as, as as you may have been thinking about it. That well, here's the punishment so that you can learn from it, and um, and built into the punishment. It's just like if I, if I say to my child, okay, now you did this, therefore I am taking away your allowance. This is the punishment for what you did. Now you can understand that uh, as you experience the punishment, you can understand uh, that it's a consequence of this action. This action is bad, so you can learn. Well, it doesn't exactly work like that. That's kind of how you're thinking about it. Because again, uh, you know, why don't why don't we remember our past lives? <laughs> well, because of the way we conduct ourselves in this life and in the previous lives. Hmm? We can't expect to remember the past lives would be to be in knowledge of them. How can we expect to be in knowledge of them when we're in direct pursuit of abject uh, ignorance? But in human life, we get a chance for sadhusanga and so forth, and we can learn these things theoretically, and some of them will appear to be uh, empirically true or there's empirical evidence for them. There's a way, in other words, like attachment to things is the womb from which suffering is born. Well, you can you can test that, you know, and see my attachment. I don't have it. I want it. It's giving me anxiety. Uh, I have it. I feel it might, I might lose it. It's giving me anxiety or I do lose it. You know, it's giving me anxiety. So this is verifiable. Hmm? Some of the things that we're taught that we're taught an angle of vision that we weren't we, we didn't what was not our vantage point previously and uh so the value of, of sadhu summit now once you have that again then what you're talking about applies a little bit more you can you can see in this light well i did this and see i therefore then uh, i got that reaction or if i do this i'll get that reaction Therefore, I won't do it. I think that's how I would look at it. Does that help? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Okay. You can't expect to be in knowledge when you're pursuing ignorance. The two don't go together. All right. So I think, are there any other questions? We have a question from Kishore. Um, he has it written. Okay, and in the chat also, I'll read it to you. Um, Nichananda Prabhu is said to purchase those who worship Gore. Ye jan gorangabhaje se amara prana ye. Ray, we, can we think of those who have an affinity for Sakyaras as devotees who are purchased by Nichananda in a special way? Yeah, definitely. And that's you're lucky for that. One who hears that prayer thinks, wow, we purchased by him. That would be extraordinary. Um, right? Yeah, for sure. Yes, I would say I have a short answer to that, and that is yes. A good, good way to think. So, all right, we've gone a little bit over half hour. Over. I think I'll stop for now, and hopefully we can connect next week, and hopefully we'll have our internet uh, up and working. So Wonderful. Appreciate your questions, time, and interest. Thank you all very much.
end the call here. I think it's late. Um, everybody can go on to Sri Chaitanya Sangha to um, check out the classes for November. And um, yeah, we'll see everybody soon. And have a wonderful rest of your day and wonderful Kartivrat that we're all experiencing together all over the world. Hare Krishna. Haribo, dzięki za tłumaczenie. Haribo. Hare Krishna. Cześć.